Our reading is from Jonah chapter 1 verse 17 to chapter 2 verse 10. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath bared me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Well, let me say straight away uh, what a privilege it is to be with you uh, on this particular day, I would say, as it's an important day for the Houses of Parliament, and it's an important day for our nation. And it's good, isn't it, just to take a moment come and to open the Bible, the overarching message of Jonah is very clear, and that is that there is a God who is in charge, and there is a God who is gracious and compassionate. A German exchange student stayed in our home last year, and you know, 10 days is a, a long time, and you're always wondering if he's enjoying himself. His father rang when he got back to uh, Germany, and my wife took the call, uh, and he seemed to have had a, a good time. And then towards the end of the conversation, the father said, can I ask you a personal question? All of her worst fears sprung to mind. You know, the boy didn't like the food, he didn't like the, the, the sleeping arrangements. The father said, your husband, I think, is a minister. That is a very high position in Germany. Is he the Minister of Industry, of Education, <laughs> Finance? No, no, she tried to explain. My husband had been a lawyer but changed career to a minister and he simply couldn't comprehend what she meant by minister. She then said priest, to which he, he exclaimed, what? Lawyer to priest? How can that be? I need to think about that. He was clearly puzzled. And the book of Jonah is puzzling. It requires us to think. Uh, last week, uh, Jonah claimed in chapter 1, verse 9, that he worshipped the Lord with reverence and respect. Uh, and we saw uh, together that he didn't worship the Lord enough. Today, in chapter 2, here, verse 9, Jonah makes another pronouncement, that salvation comes from the Lord. But does Jonah really 
understand what he is saying? Does he really understand grace? Well, Jonah is emerging as a bit of a laughable figure, as someone who tries to, to run away from God. And today he's swallowed up by a whale and a, a projectile vomited onto the beach. And next week we'll see he has a, a huge sulk because of the loss of shade from a, from a plant that withers. He's quite frankly ridiculous. And the author, you see, is mocking Jonah. In the story he's laughing at him and he's wanting his readers to laugh at him too. And then for their, it to dawn on them as they hold up the mirror that as they laugh at Jonah, they are also laughing at themselves. See, Jonah represents the attitude of believers in those days towards Ninevites that regards God as their exclusive property. It's a, an elitist mindset that those Ninevites are not worthy of being saved by God. See, the, the Old Testament church is full of reluctant speakers, of people not willing to share their faith. Now, I like to think that this passage would have something for all of us this lunchtime. But before we actually dig into the main body of the text, just a word about the fish, the big fish. There in chapter 1, verse 16, 17, so we read, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And Jonah's big fish causes problems for some. They're obsessed with the kind of fish it is. I was re researching on this uh, earlier uh, this week and, and, and discovered there are actually numerous PhDs on this subject, most of which have come from America. Richard uh, Branson, that uh, notable academic, offered his thoughts. He was swimming not that long ago uh, with whale sharks and he wrote this. I was swimming around one of those gentle giants and then suddenly I realised I had managed to get myself right inside it. He went on, whale sharks have got enormous mouths and this one literally puffed me out. I think the story of Jonah most likely came from a whale shark. I can't really think of anything else living in the sea that could swallow you without also killing you. Our author is not interested in what kind of fish it is. He doesn't say how Jonah could have survived for three days and three nights inside it. He simply makes it clear to us that the fish is serving, if you like, as a, as a kind of rescue submarine sent by, by, sent by God to get Jonah back onto to land. It's clear what is happening to Jonah is, quite frankly, miraculous. We must be careful that we don't turn the big fish into a red herring. Sorry about that. So let's have a look first at the fact that God saves. Well, chapter 2 is a poem. It's Jonah's own words of prayer celebrating this fact that God does in fact save. So verse 1 sets the scene for us. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. So Jonah is in the fish. But that's not what the prayer is about. It's about what happened to him just before he was saved. It's as if Jonah is sat up in the belly of the fish trying to make sense of what just happened. And then on the back of an envelope, he scribbles down these words of a poem as a prayer. And if verse 1 sets the scene, then verse 2 acts as a kind of summary of what just happened to him. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me, 
From deep in the realm of the dead I called, and you listened to my cry. Now these are revealing words. Now Jonah, as we know, has been on the run, and up until now he has stubbornly refused to call on God for help, preferring to be hurled overboard by the sailors and then to cry out. And yet we see here, the moment he calls out, the Lord answers him. This verse, if you like, is is a sanitised summary of what just happened to him. Whereas verses 3 through to to verse 6 gives us the graphic details. Take a look. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. And Jenny knows the sailors were acting on God's behalf. And the currents swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said I have been banished from your sight. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. And what stands out as you read those verses is his obvious distress. And who can blame him? He's dying. Well, we lived uh, as a family for a number of years in America, uh, where they have, uh, many of the houses have pools. And on one occasion we were visiting friends uh, and we're out, we're out on the deck and we're outside grilling, chatting to, to friends uh, with one eye on our two boys who at the time were, were three and five and, and something happened to, to distract me. I, I looked away and behind me I heard an almighty splash and then I heard a scream. Everything went into slow motion. I turned and I saw our three-year-old with his eyes wide open, arms flailing, sinking like a lead balloon to the bottom of this pool. By now I'm moving at speed, and and I leapt, fully clothed, into the pool, went down to the bottom, grabbed Ted, and lifted him up to the surface, popped him on the side of the pool, and he looked at me with a big grin, as if to say, what's the problem, Dad? (laughs) It's an awful thing to come near to drown. You may have experienced something like that. You know, Jonah is within a breath of entering the realm of the dead. Now, verse 5, the engulfing waters threatened me, or the literal translation there is, the waters were at my throat. The waters were strangling Jonah of all his breath. No, it's the, the asthma attack victim who can't breathe. He's gasping for breath. He's drowning. He's sinking into his watery grave. The end is near. His lifeless body sinks to the bottom of the sea. Verse 6, to the roots of the mountains I sank down or went down. Now back in chapter 1, the same verb is used in verse 3. He went down to Joppa. And it's used again in chapter 1, verse 5. But Jonah went down below deck. So he went down to Joppa. Then he went down into the hull of the ship. And here, chapter 2, verse 6, he went down to the bottom of the sea. It's the same Hebrew verb in each case. And the author is presenting each going down as one further step away from God. And each step away from God is a euphemism for one step nearer to death. It's a reminder to each one of us that what can appear as an innocent detour from God's ways can have disastrous consequences. 
You know, Jonah uh, disobeyed God. He headed to Tarshish. And before he knew it, one thing had led to another. And now he is looking his own death in the face. We're witnessing here the end of, of Jonah's running. And we can imagine Jonah thinking to himself, my life is over. Is this how it feels like to die? I would imagine that he has given up all hope of being saved. I mean, who is going to find me down here? Yet to do so was to underestimate the truth about our God. You can run, but you cannot hide from God. It is to underestimate our God who is gracious and compassionate. He is a God who doesn't give up on us, even when we give up on him. He pursues us because he loves us. Even when we turn our backs on him and run. Even when you think like Jonah, there is no way that God can save me from this mess. And then, from around the corner of a rock, comes the gaping mouth of a great fish to the rescue. God saves. But let us think further on this grace by noting second. God saves sinners. In the second half of verse 6, we have our turning points. Jonah now begins to describe his rescue. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pits. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you in your holy temple. Now Jonah has done nothing to deserve being rescued. And salvation is by grace alone. What kind of man is Jonah? Well, we've already seen last week that he's no ordinary prophet. He's a, he's a reluctant speaker who has been running away from God. You know, God said, go east and preach to the Ninevites. And he went west. He ran away from the Ninevites. He knows that he's a sinner. He knows that he is to blame for the storm. He also knows now that God answers prayer. And he knows that God saves. It's unsurprising then in verse 9 that he writes, But I with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. You know, this is, a, this is an obvious response to what's happened to him. You know, he knew that his sin against God was punishable by death. He defied God's word, God's command. He crossed the creator of this world. He deserved to be tossed into the ocean. He deserved to die, and he knew it. He knew that he was a sinner. But he'd also encountered firsthand God's grace. Rescued at the brink of death. And surely there is nobody more grateful to be alive than Jonah. God has lavished blessing upon him. And now he understands firsthand God's saving grace. Do we? You may remember in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, that Jesus is asked by the Pharisees for a sign that he is who he claims to be. And Jesus draws on the story of Jonah to illustrate that something similar is going to happen to him. And Jesus says, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, 
So the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now in a number of ways, Jonah prefigures Jesus. Jonah sacrifices himself like Jesus did. Pick me up and throw me into the sea. It will become calm, he said. Also, just as Jesus rose on the third day, so also Jonah was, was expelled from the belly of the whale three days later. Jonah goes on to preach uh, to other nations, as we'll see next week. And in this way, he, he prefigures Jesus' own mission to the nations through the Apostle Paul and the disciples. Jonah, in the fish, foreshadows Jesus being in the grave. Jonah describes his near-death experience in the language of actual death. In a sense, Jonah dies and he is resurrected. And it's a, it's a story full of hope and Jesus uses it to make the point uh, that one day he will die and he will be resurrected. Do we get the grave? Do we get the importance of it for us? Because if we get the grave, we will get grace. Have we understood what took place on that cross 2,000 years ago? Do we realise what Jesus did for us? Do we get he died in our place? He literally, physically died in our place. That he gave up his last breath for us. Do we get he was guilty in our place? Dead in our place? In the grave in our place? So we can receive grace. And rise with him out of the grave into new life. Do we get the grave? If we do, we will get grace. We will understand how undeserving we were of his mercy. How it is a miracle that we can have life. Life to the full in Jesus Christ. And we will be so grateful that we will run from ever judging anybody. We will run to forgive people who have wronged us. And we will run to tell people of this gift of grace. How can we keep such a wonderful gift to ourselves? You see, if we, if we get the grave, we get grace. Do we get the lavish, generous outpouring of God's compassionate grace? If we do, then we are glad. For we have encountered the deep, deep love of Jesus. And we understand, verse 9, salvation comes.